Well, obviously today we're going to talk about freedom, and we're going to talk about this idea of freedom in Christ. So we've already touched on it a little bit. Freedom is not doing whatever you want. That is a form of freedom, but it's really more of a form of selfishness. And we've confused the two in our country. We live in a society right now that says, I want to do what I want to do. <laughs> that's not really freedom, that's saying I want my own way. And so one of the things the scripture talks about as we celebrate our country's freedom and time to think about that, it's an opportunity for us to examine our spiritual freedom, to talk about what does it mean for us to live with this concept of what Christ died for and for our lives to be filled with this identity that is different than what we're experiencing. And that's this idea of freedom. But really, we were intended to experience this through Christ. And that Christ provides everything that changes us and alters our lives and helps us to live for who we are. And how that provides freedom and security in us. Freedom is not the goal. But the freedom for us to be in Christ is. And so I want to take a look at that a little bit today and talk first and foremost, why is freedom so important? Why is this such a big deal? What does Scripture have to say about that? And first and foremost, it's, the first one is this. It's how we were intended to live. First and foremost, freedom is how we were always designed. When you look at creation and you look back in Genesis, you look at what God has to say, we were meant to be free in Him. We were meant to live in a good place created by Him without any restrictions. We were meant to live in this way. And then Satan comes and says to Adam and Eve, God doesn't want you to live like this. God's cheating you because he doesn't want you to know the difference between good and evil. Here's the problem. Everything that we have freedom for, we're not meant to carry or deal with. Think about that for a minute. You say, I want to experience everything in life. Absolutely. But not everything in life is beneficial. You talk to people who are struggling with addictions and they say, oh, I wish I would have never tried that that first time. So you're not built to carry everything in life. You're not wired to endure everything that freedom offers you. You can be free and still not have everything you want or what you think you need. God in his wisdom created us in such a way so that we could experience all that he wanted for us without any of the negative side effects, without any of the negative consequences. So you're not built to resist evil. You're not built to resist temptation. You're not built to deal with sin. Sin was never meant to be your master. Only God was. And in the beginning, this is how we lived. And so everything that we're experiencing 
And the need for Christ now is meant to get us back to how we were intended to live. Our lives are meant to be lived in obedience, not because it was a requirement, but because it was something to be experienced. Listen to what Romans 6.14 says, sin is no longer your master. Thanks be to God. Right? You weren't meant to live this way, but you can be free in Christ. And when you come to know Christ, sin doesn't have to rule you. Amen? (laughs) For you no longer live under the requirements of the law. The law says, here's the standard, live up to it. The law says, do this and don't do this. The law says, don't break this. And after a while, the law doesn't feel rejoicing. It's not full of joy. It feels like work. But it was never meant to be that way. When we live fully alive in Christ, we don't worry about, did I do enough for Jesus? We live about, how do I glorify God? And we're free. Every day I'm free to glorify God. Every day I'm free to serve. Every day I'm free to bless others. Every day you get to do this. Or, (laughs) like lots of people that you run into, They say, you're a hindrance for what I want to accomplish. How can I get you out of my way? Do you ever feel that in society? Like people see us as inconveniences rather than opportunities. In Christ, the law doesn't come something that's a burden. It becomes something that's an opportunity. Right? This is what freedom's all about. That where you have the freedom to live in Christ and to live a different way. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. That's what we live under. Every day we have enough grace for today. God will give you what you need for the day. And you say, I'm not sure that's true. Try asking. Most people live their lives until they get annoyed and then they say, God, why don't you fix this? Or worse yet, why don't you fix them? Right? But living in grace says that God will give me what I need for today. And according to him, there's, you, as long as you're tapped into Christ, there's always more love. There's always more forgiveness. There's always more joy. There's always more hope. It never runs out. You're free to live in this. You're free to live in this. This is how we were meant to live. In the Garden of Eden, God provided, and we lived with his presence and his glory. In Christ now, sin doesn't master us. We live for God in a broken world, but full of his spirit, his power, his life, and the fruits of his spirit to give to others. Okay? All right, second thing that we learn here is what... It's what we were intended to live. Freedom's not only how we're supposed to live, it's what we're intended to live. What do you mean by that, Dave? Well, I mean this, that it's our intention and purpose for living. Listen to Romans 6.18. Now you are free from your slavery to sin, and you've become slaves to righteous living. And you say, wait a minute, I thought freedom was about not being a slave. I thought freedom was about we get to, you know, set our agenda and do our things. You can choose to live that way. But what Paul writes is people who came to Christ say this, I will choose to limit myself because there's a better way. And that way is I'm committed to God first and foremost. 
It's not my will with Jesus added in. It's God's will and my heart surrendered. This is the difference between Jesus being your Savior, someone who rescues you, and Jesus being your Lord, who's someone who has control over you. Tons of people want Jesus to save them, but they don't want God to have control of their lives. And you say, that's restrictive. God calls it freedom for you to live in Him, through Him, by Him, for Him, with Him. Think about that for a second. But God's intentions and purpose is that we're not bound to sin, but instead we're bound to God. In fact, he never wanted sin to be impact our lives. In fact, God never wanted that to be a curse upon us. Instead, God once again wants us to be committed to righteous living, to willingly embrace and be committed to him, that all of ourselves is offered to God. This is what we were intended to live for. I am free to be given to God. I was made in his image. I was created for his glory. I'm to live for his purpose. I am given to him. In that I am free. Here's the third thing that scripture tells us. It's why we're intended to live. Not only the how, not only the what, the why. This is why we're intended to live. We're intended to live for freedom. What does that look like? Here's what it says in Galatians 5.13. You have been called to live in freedom. Part of our calling as brothers and sisters in Christ is that we're called to be free people. What does that mean? But don't use your freedom to satisfy the sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. I'm free every day to bless other people and set aside my agenda. I'm free every day not to live for my wants and desires. I'm free every day to live for the people that God will bring into my life. This is the why. This is why I'm here and what my life is supposed to do. You can live here and consume every resource that you think is yours. You can live here and only associate with the people that you think love you. You can live here and just number your days until you die. You can do that. I call that existing, not living, but it's a choice that you have. And God says, though, I am meant for life to be lived with the freedom that you will serve others. And when you do that, you change this place. When you do that, you change your family, you change your community, you change your friends, you start living differently. You're called to live in freedom to honor and glorify God, not for sin and not for our desires, but freedom is meant to serve others and communicate God's love. How do you do this? How do we do this each and every day? And that's what I want to take you to 1 Corinthians, and we'll just look at three things here that talk about how do we do this thing called freedom. On a week where you'll be bombarded with fireworks and cookouts and, you know, all the stuff that says America's great, right? What does God say freedom looks like in Christ? Here's how we do it. First of all, you live for God and through God. 
You live for God and through God. So you set his agenda first, and then you ask for his power to live through you. Okay? Here's what it says in 1 Corinthians 8, 6. But for us, there is one God, the Father, by whom all things were created and for whom we live. You might want to circle that. For whom we live. We live for God. People who come and have faith, we live for God, not for ourselves. We live for God above anything else. And Jesus had some pretty radical things to say that. Like, you can't love your father or mother. You can't love your friends. You can't love your spouse. You can't love anything more than me. We start here. And so we live for God. And there is one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom all things were created and through whom we live. So we live because Christ lives in us. This is where we start. This is how we live. And this is how you do it each and every day. You live for God freely and without restraint. Nothing should hold you back from living for God. Live with abandon for Him. You ought to get up every day and say, man, I can't wait today for God to use me somehow. Like some days you don't even know where you're going to do, right? You get up, I don't know if you're like me, you get up and I have an agenda. I already know what I'm doing tomorrow, right? And I know this happening at 9 o'clock, this happening at 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock. This is what I got going on tomorrow. But somehow, some way, God doesn't just want me to get through my appointments. He wants the life of him to come out of me. This is how we do it daily. You start saying things like this, God, rather than me accomplish my day, I'd like you to live through me today. It's when we start saying that Christ can live through us. That's how we live, through him. And so Christ lives through us, the one who purifies us and cleanses us and transforms us. Christ is our source and God's life in us. This is how we live every day. This is what freedom looks like. Every day you're free to do what God wants you to do. And that becomes your number one agenda. Uh, one, number one agenda. Here's the second thing. Live to be a help and not a hindrance. When we talk about freedom... Freedom is always to be helpful, not a hindrance. And this is the problem right now in America, right, with everybody wanting to accomplish their own agenda, so people are fighting all the time because their agenda may come in conflict with your agenda. And then we just say, well, I'll get more votes, or I'll get more money, or I'll change the laws, and then it's going to be my way, and life will be grand. And all we're doing is keep trying to change the rules. Jesus says, live to be a help and not a hindrance. What do I mean by that? Listen to what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 8, 9. But you must be careful. Anytime I, I, I tell you this, guys, every week, anytime I hear a word like that, I circle it. Because I'm like, I know somewhere, sometime, I'm going to be tempted not to be careful with this, right? 
At some time, somewhere, I'm going to tend to oppose my will rather than what it's about to say here. Listen to what it says. You must be careful so that your freedom does not cause others with a weaker conscience to stumble. I have freedom, but my freedom may mess someone else up. So what do you do in those cases? You limit your freedom. And you go, that's not freedom. Freedom's me doing whatever I want. Freedom is making the world a better place. Freedom is making it in God's image. Freedom is helping it be so that everyone can embrace Him. What do I mean? Paul is writing to people and he said this, you know, they had all kinds of rules in Judaism and now people, Gentiles, are coming to Christ and they had all these rules about what foods you could eat and what you couldn't eat and Gentiles didn't know any of these rules. And so people started saying to Gentile believers, they started saying, you shouldn't eat that. And it became such a problem that the early church had a conference on it, and they called together people like Peter and Paul and others, and they said, hey, Gentiles are coming to the faith, what do we need to tell them? And they said, they've received the Holy Spirit just like us, they've received salvation just like us, what do we need to say to them? And they said, you know what? Really, there's only two rules. Don't eat meat that have been offered to idols, because in the first century church, often the meat markets were done at temples when they sacrificed animals and used them in a religious ritual, then they sold the meat afterwards. They said, don't eat a meat that's been offered to some demon or something like that because you live for Jesus. And second thing is keep your body pure. Other than that, we don't have any rules. Live in freedom. So what does that mean? That means I won't put on you something that won't be helpful for you. So all the people who were saying, hey, don't eat that food, they're saying basically, if you want to live that way, that's cool. Live that way. Don't eat any crab legs. Don't eat any pork. Do your thing. But for everybody else, don't put that on them. Just let them live the way they should, and build them up in Christ. See, how you use your freedom is as important as having freedom. Let me say that again. How you use your freedom is as important as having freedom. We're free in America. Yeah, but don't. Don't be free to be the fool. <laughs> How is that helpful? How does that make your neighborhood better? How does that serve others around you? Well, it's what I'm allowed to do. Correct. Correct. You can do that, but is it beneficial? This is what Paul's writing. He says, be a help and not a hindrance. How you use your freedom importantly, especially if your freedom is in Christ. True freedom doesn't harm people. It doesn't allow you your freedom to become a barrier for others. You serve them. You pray for them. You use these things. All these th things became issues in the early church. Well, you should pray this way. 
You should have this spiritual gift. You should do this this way. Stop this nonsense. Just help one another. So when you're living life this week and some, something comes up, the question becomes this. How could I help in this situation not be a hindrance? Just ask yourself that question. How could I help here rather than hinder? See, we live with respect and we defer to others. It begins to change life. Other people see you as someone that they want in your life rather than someone they repel from your life. Okay? Here's the third thing. You live to benefit others even when it means you'll have to limit yourself. You live to benefit others even when it means you have to limit yourself. And you're like, this doesn't sound like freedom, Dave. Listen to what it says. And when you sin against another believer by encouraging them to do something they believe is wrong, you are sinning against Christ. The issue isn't even whether or not something is sin. If someone says, hey, I ought not to do that. I don't go see those kind of movies. I don't do this thing. I don't do that. When you encourage them to do it and go, it's no big deal, it's a problem, and you're actually harming that individual and ultimately sinning against Christ. So I limit myself for the sake of and benefit of others. So if what I eat causes another believer to sin, I will never eat meat again. As long as I live. Wow. Paul said, no more cookouts. <laughs> no more steaks. He said, I'd rather not eat a steak the rest of my life than if I meet someone and for them they think I got it at a temple where an idol was worshipped. I'd rather them not struggle with that. I'd rather just simply not eat meat for their benefit. For I don't want to cause another believer to stumble. See, my freedom is not so I can do what I want when I want. It is so that I can glorify God and benefit others. So freedom is not freedom when I want my own way. Freedom is about helping others. Otherwise, I deny the Christ who is in me. And so freedom allows me to limit myself. And you say, that doesn't sound like freedom. It's saying, in certain circumstances, in moments in time, if it would be helpful for someone else, choose to step back. And the other question that's implied with this, and how does that harm you? You can still eat a steak whenever you want to eat a steak. You can still have a shredded pork sandwich anytime you want to do it, just not with that person but you choose to honor them rather than demand your own way. This is what freedom looks like in Christ, so that others will be hindered, so that others will not be hindered by my quote-unquote freedom. So whatever it is you like to do, if it bothers someone else who is someone who's a Christian, rather than say, you should come to my side, you limit yourself for their benefit. See, hindering behavior is not 
freedom, but it's a roadblock to others. So instead, we live ourselves to give away. Strangely, this sounds familiar. Jesus limited himself, took the form of a servant, came here, gave up his rights, offered himself so that you might be better. 